near the end of 2022, it was announced that the Canadian healthcare system would be expanding eligibility for medically assisted suicide, which made a lot of waves and uh, it brought up a lot of important moral and ethical debates, which we're going to dive into today. Uh, it's a depressing topic, sure, obviously, uh, but it's very relevant to the cultural shifts that are happening in the West. A lot of this relates to euthanasia, suicide, assisted suicide. So, Evan, walk us through some of these definitions so we can better understand this topic. Sure, Dan. We can't talk about euthanasia without talking about suicide. Suicide is intentionally taking one's own life. Euthanasia, also known as mercy killing, is the act or practice of painlessly putting to death persons suffering from painful and incurable disease or incapacitating physical disorder or allowing them to die by withholding treatment or withdrawing artificial life support measures. Assisted suicide is a specific form of euthanasia administered by a doctor with the patient's consent, usually but not always due to some terminal illness. So what is the, the history of this, in the West at least? How has this kind of evolved over the last few decades? It started in the Netherlands in 2001. They were the first to get this ball rolling. Uh, I think Belgium followed suit maybe a year later. But at the time of recording, many countries have it legal. I'll list them here for completeness. Belgium, Canada, Colombia, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Spain, and most of Australia. In much of the rest of the world, passive euthanasia is allowed, including the United States. A passive euthanasia is refusing treatment or withdrawing life support. There have been many such cases. Besides those countries, a few more have legalized physician-assisted suicide, which is Austria, Switzerland, and some of our states. So let's go over some specifics of this Canada law before we get into all the moral and, and ethical debates of it. Believe me, we will get into that. So Canada has allowed terminally ill and those living with chronic pain, that's their words, uh, to receive this treatment since 2016. But with the new 2022 law, it would expand that, allowing more people with chronic pain to enroll. So if your quality of life is diminished because of some painful thing you got going on, you can just opt in and say, oh, I just want to end my life. Over 30,000 people in Canada have died from this type of treatment since 2016, 10,000 of which were in 2021 alone, which accounted for 3.3% of all deaths in Canada in that year of 2021. So 3% of all deaths were from medically assisted suicide. Now, according to Dr. Madeline Lee in an NPR interview from December 11th of 2022, quote, Assisted dying has been legal since 2016, and then in March of 2021, it expanded so that you no longer needed what is called a reasonably foreseeable natural death. They excluded, specifically excluded, situations where a mental disorder was the only medical condition that was causing the suffering. And it was introduced originally because they felt that this was a more complicated group, and we needed more time to figure out how to safely assess and provide MAID to people with mental disorders. And that is now set to expire in March of next year. And so patients with only a mental disorder as the basis of their suffering can request and receive MAID if they meet all the eligibility criteria. So what this means is that formerly, if you had some sort of medical issue, which was only really able to be described as a mental disorder, if you only had a mental disorder, no other physical ailment or whatever, you could not apply for this. You could not try to get medically assisted suicide. Now they're expanding it to where even if you just have a mental disorder, you could say, oh, I want to end my life. But originally when they passed it, it was only if your death was soon within a certain time frame, right? Yes. 
like an imminent death. And then it became, okay, if you're living with chronic pain, your death isn't imminent. Maybe a few years, but you can still opt into it. And now it's including that and as well as all this stuff with mental disorders. So now mental disorders are being factored into it, not just physical. In in March of this year, yes, that will, that will be legal. Yes, uh, March of 2023, I believe. They were saying that that little addendum was set to expire. So just further expanding and expanding the reach and the availability of the medical professionals out there and the medical institutions to, you know, potentially sway people towards ending their own life, even though, as they are admitting here, they're having people with mental disorders who are now able to use this as an option, and they may not be in their right mind. So this is a huge slippery slope. Almost by definition, they're not in their right mind. Of course, if they have a mental disorder. Yeah, by definition. And uh, the last thing I'll say with Dr. Lee from the NPR article is uh, she said, quote, you know, I do have a personal opinion. I think we should not exclude patients with mental disorders from accessing MAID. Tells you all you need to know right there. It's also worth mentioning that as far as the United States goes, there's a chance that we could be moving down the slippery slope too, because in the states where uh, medically assisted dying is legal, it's legal for only terminal illnesses and people who have less than six months left to live. And those states that allow it include California, Colorado, Washington, D.C., Hawaii, Montana, Maine, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington State. Okay, before we can really dive deep into the morality of euthanasia, let's start with the morality of suicide. And I'll give my takes first, and then please feel free to interject at any time, Dan. Oh, you believe you me, I will. As far as I see it, suicide is just a form of murder. In fact, the very word suicide means um, killing oneself. That's the root of the word. So as far as the Catholic Church goes, it's, I mean, it's, it's murder. Let's talk a little bit about mortal sin, too, while we're here. And this is very pertinent to this discussion. I'll explain in a minute. Mortal sin has to have three components to exist. The first is it has to be grave matter, meaning it's something very bad, something very serious. It has to be purely voluntary. And the person doing it has to have a full understanding of what they're doing and how it's sinful. I think you'd have a very easy argument there uh, trying to say that medically assisted suicide would be a very sinful thing as well. Not only for the person who's trying to get the treatment, but for the person who's administering it, allowing this person to do that. Not just allowing, but giving them the means to kill themselves. And in, and in the case of direct euthanasia, actually killing them, being the one to kill them. Either you're prescribing the poison or you're administering the poison. Either way, you're more morally culpable for the murder of that person. I would agree there, given those circumstances, yeah. Okay, so we can say in the case of someone who just get, goes into a depressive mania one night and kills themselves, it's very possible they didn't commit mortal sin if they were not in their right mind and it wasn't purely voluntary because there are forces beyond their control or their psychological makeup that caused them to make that panic decision. So you can say maybe there's hope for them. But in this case of euthanasia, you're pretty much destining someone to go to hell because you're making sure that they're voluntarily killing themselves beyond any form of not consenting. So they're 100% consenting, they understand all the options, and they've still chosen to do it, and then they do it up to the last moment of being administered the poison. So you're pretty much just sending people straight to hell instead of giving them a chance. As a quick side note, do you think that any of the medical professionals who are on board with this are really even bothered by that, though? I, uh, it's no, doubtful I that they're religious. No, it's, it's doubtful that they, they take their religion seriously in that they have a, a religion that 
condemns this practice as well. Yeah. These are the same people who are good with abortions and perform them. Perform them. Well, that's that's very true. Yeah, that is it's the same crowd. And you've also got the whole argument that suicide is purely a personal matter. And if someone wants to end their life, that is purely up to them, doesn't hurt anybody else. That'd be the libertarian perspective. Yes. Which is cringe. And most likely, you do, you actually have people who care about you. In the vast majority of cases, especially the cases of these elderly people taking themselves out. You have kids, grandkids, all that, most likely. You're leaving them with grief and guilt and just they're determ- they're talking to themselves saying, maybe I could have done something to keep grandpa from killing himself. That's how it always goes. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we've both known people to kill themselves. So it's it's not fun for those who are left behind. No, it's not. It leaves them with, a, like you said, just the unending questions, which don't have any real answers. And, and it's unlikely that you would have been able to do anything if, if the people closest to them couldn't have done something. People are just going to do what they're going to do. And, you know, you can beat yourself up about it all you want. But at the end of the day, sometimes there's just nothing that could have been done. And sadly, the person didn't didn't see that and think, oh, wow, these people are going to be left with that. And lastly, suicide is not a real escape. And it shouldn't be treated as such as just another medical procedure, like getting your, your tonsils removed. I mean, it's ending somebody's life. And at the end of the day, doctors have historically promised to follow the Hippocratic Oath. And I know there's a big asterisk to that, because nowadays a lot of them are not required to say it at their graduation. And also, it does not have any legal you know, ramifications if they go against the Hippocratic Oath. It's purely honor code. Maybe there should be legal ramifications. But you I mean, know, if these people are put in such a high a position of high power in our society and such veneration and such esteem. Oh, yeah, they should. I mean, I'm pretty sure the original Hippocratic Oath also said never perform an abortion. So they obviously cut that part out. And it was almost bittersweet when I was reading the articles on this. And they said, oh, yeah, some people criticize this because it seems to go directly against the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm, literally do no harm. Hippocrates didn't even want you to do surgery because it was considered harm. They cut that out too because now it's safe enough to do it. Uh, not back then. Yeah, so that I, that's understandable back then because, yeah, you'd probably die doing surgery on someone. But anyways, they came back and the supporters of euthanasia, they retort to that argument saying, first of all, it's not legally binding, like I said, which is true. And you, most or many medical institutions don't make you say it when you graduate. But also they say, well... We, we perform abortions and capital punishment, and no and people think that's okay. And I was like, oh, okay, you're just proving my point. But, you know, maybe those things shouldn't be considered okay, especially abortion. I mean, that's a whole other topic, but that is not something that should be allowed or approved of. And yet they're using it as argument like, oh, we already accept this, so why can't we just have people voluntarily kill themselves? Which works. It's a, it's a pretty good argument if you accept that abortion is okay. If you accept that murdering innocent people is okay, then I guess having letting someone kill their, themselves is perfectly fine. So people might respond to what I said about sending people straight to hell and say, there's two ways you can go. Either you don't believe me about mortal sin, okay. Or you say, oh, well, they, they probably don't have full reason. They probably don't have full control of their faculties. So you're admitting that you're killing, you're letting people kill themselves who can't make the rational judgment to actually kill themselves. You're admitting that you're you're letting mentally ill people, people who can't make their own decisions, make their own medical decisions. That's not how it works. So either you're doing eugenics or you're just sending people straight to hell. I'll make one point from the more secular perspective here. Now, I still do believe in a right and a wrong. And I believe that you can 
determine that based on what is pro-human life, what promotes humanity, what promotes the individual and the family and preserves the lives of human beings because human beings are rare in this universe and we are all human beings. So we should at least do something to work to preserve that. And even, you know, without the perspective of God and hell and things, this is just, this is just wrong. That goes against that philosophy. If you hold that human life has value, this violates that philosophy. Now, if you don't believe that human life has value, that's another issue, but you have to be open and admit that and don't be a hypocrite and say, oh, I don't, you know, I believe in the value of human life, but I also believe in killing unborn babies and killing mentally ill people. Okay. Well, which one is it? You're a hypocrite. If you're going to believe in this stuff and support it, you need to openly admit, hey, I don't value human life. On the contrary, I do value human life. And so that's why I oppose this. So it's just wrong on so many levels. It's wrong to involve the medical profession in it. They should be in the profession of saving lives and helping lives instead of ending lives. They're not the executioner. That's not their job to kill people. And I don't think they should be involved with capital punishment either. They should just do, if you're going to have capital punishment, just do a firing squad or a noose or something. Just let them choose their own adventure. I've always been an advocate of choose your own adventure executions, you know? Let the person's, he's the one or she is the one getting killed. Let them decide how they want to go out. Regardless, doctors should not be involved in killing people. And this just further deteriorates my outlook on the whole medical profession today. It was already a very low one. And after doing research for this, it went even lower because I saw a majority of Canadian doctors think that euthanasia is a good thing that should be legal, at least in some circumstances. I already didn't like them for a lot of reasons, like pushing drugs, certain injections and certain way they've dealt with certain um, viruses that have gone around in years past. I've really lost my faith in, in them. This makes me think they're incompetent, but instead of that, now I think they're just straight up evil. And I avoid them as much as I can. The tide is turning that way in the West, and especially in America. People are really, they started off skeptical. Now they're openly hostile. And this is a very dangerous path for us to be walking because on the one hand, you know, we all need medical treatment at some point in their lives or someone who we love does. So we don't want to try to go back to like some backwoods, back alley medicine, Eastern medicine. But at the same time, can we trust the medical establishment? And the answer is no. Generally, no. Not on these big issues where anywhere that they can wield power, they are wielding it and they're wielding it very ineffectively and hostily towards the average person. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go off on tangent here, but the whole universal health care I mean, if we were to go to that system, it's just the switch. And like now all the doctors have to be okay with this kind of thing. Instead of being different practices, it's all under the same system. If we had a national healthcare system, all it would take is one law. And then the whole country has to be okay with doctors killing people. This brings us to the final point. And people, people dislike slippery slope arguments. They say they're always logical fallacies. Check out episode 30, logical fallacies. You won't regret it. The slippery slope can work if you can prove that what you're saying will happen actually will happen. Especially if you can point to historical examples where point A has gone to point B, C, D, and you're saying this has happened before, it could happen again. I agree. The slippery slope can be an effective argument if you can show that it has, it has happened before or that it logically follows. I mean, critics of this law from the beginning have been saying, oh, it's going to expand to include the mentally ill. And they said, no, 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 that slippery slope argument. It's just going to be for the terminally ill people who want to die. 
and now they're allowing the mentally ill with no other problems to get themselves murked. And and then people now are going to say, the critics are going to say, oh, soon enough they're going to be forcing people or they're going to be getting mentally disabled people to kill themselves. And, and they'll say, oh, no, no, no. No, we're not going to do that. But you just wait and see. This is if, if the slippery slope argument ever applied, this is it. If you can convince people that it's okay for mentally ill people who are not necessarily able to make medical decisions for themselves, if you can convince people that it's okay to kill them, then what about other forms of people who are not necessarily mentally able to make decisions for themselves? Other kinds of mental handicaps, other kinds of things, even... The mentally challenged. Yes, the mentally challenged, people who have... The autistic. Autism, Down syndrome, other things that may affect them, or even children, you know, because by definition, you know, children, they haven't grown up. They're not fully uh, an adult. They're not able to make medical decisions for themselves. Well, then they're basically the same as these other people. So is it okay to kill kids now? That's a slippery slope, but that is where it leads. It's going to lead to that. It's going to be children who have depression. Yes. It is going to. You're you're laughing, but it definitely will go that way. Well, I'm laughing because I'm I'm trying not to cry, really, because this is like this is the collapse of our civilization right here. This is just so beyond ridiculous. It's 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 so messed up. But you're right. You're exactly right. These kids these days have depression. This is something that is almost completely unheard of in history is kids having depression. Why? Because we live in the modern world. We live in a digital age. The way the kids have grown up is so different than the way kids have grown up for centuries or millennia even. And it's affecting them in so many negative ways. Not even to mention there are many, many philosophers and people of old who think just wanting to kill yourself is by definition irrational. So if you are consistently suicidal, that means you cannot make rational decisions for yourself. So by definition, a suicidal person cannot cannot rationally want to kill themselves and therefore cannot say, hey, I want to die in six months. And that's crazy to think about because people of old lived through a lot harder stuff than we ever have or ever will. Well, I won't say ever will because maybe bad times are coming. Who knows? But yeah, and they found a way to make it work because they were built different back then. And just a final statistical note. So this is getting worse. It's not just a steady drip of old people killing themselves. When this was legalized in 2016, 1,000 Canadians chose to go through euthanasia and get themselves killed. But in 2021, that number was over 10,000. And like you said, that will, for that year, it was 3%, over 3% of all deaths in Canada. That's not including the people who killed themselves, you know, without medical assistance. Guys, if you're the praying type, pray for Canada and pray for the West. We are in deep trouble.